the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 9.07. Uh, folks, we were supposed to be at the farmer's market if you uh, <laughs> saw my Facebook posts, and uh, there were promos this week, but we had some some major uh, technical problems, and so we're in here. We hope to be back soon, and we'll talk. Uh, we're going to talk with Monica this morning a couple of times. Uh, always a treat. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, Dr. Janelle Olitz is with us, uh, who is with the Durham County Cooperative Extension Service. Uh, we're so glad to have you this morning. Brother Rufus is with us. Uh, Phil Campbell, Campbell Road Nursery here, and is, uh, I believe, at the beach. Uh, Dr. Olitz, uh, explain exactly what uh, you are or you your bailiwick, your your realm of uh, expertise. Well, yes. uh, what is your doctorate for? Soil science. Soil so science. I have a PhD so you, in soil science, major in, in generally in soil fertility, but it uh, strayed into the realm of machine learning and hyperspectral imaging. So a little bit of data. Tech there you stuff. go. I was just talking to somebody yesterday, my next door neighbor, about hyper uh, realming or whatever. High perspective. High, weren't Rufus it went right on the tip of your tongue? Hypertension, right there. Right. Hypertension, in, yes. It in, brought about in hypertension. Court, in court, he mentioned that one time. Uh, the judge was perplexed. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then um, I have a bachelor's in sustainable agriculture and food systems. We do so, want to sustain well, agriculture. Yes, Amen. we do. Right. And, that, and then uh, I studied uh, grafting melons to squash for my master's degree so i kind of have a very broad melons scope of squash what did you come up with it was a squelling no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> is that what you said in your thesis no we're no. gonna get squellings out of this if <laughs> you you get the, all the root system is a squash and all the top is a melon plant it uh, helps in reducing disease pressure especially root diseases, and um, they grow much more vigorously, need a lot less water and a lot less nutrients applied to them. But in New England, where I did this research, they can't really grow cantaloupe-type melons there. They get this problem called sudden wilt. And so they have pretty much decided not to grow melons because it's not worth it, too short of a season. So with the grafting, that was the research, was to hope that they could have another crop and everybody wants a nice fresh melon from the farmer yeah. not from that grocery store that they just don't taste well did like it taste melon. like a squash or a melon or both it tasted like a melon we actually did a blind taste test um and you couldn't tell the difference what about the what about the squash bug did you have to put oh yeah you have to put uh sell a uh <laughs> tinfoil around the root to keep the 
Boars from getting it? No, they didn't really bother the didn't bother so the. So boars melons. were not attracted to. to well, it. this was also in a field that had eight acres of other squash, so I think the the boars oh, okay, were already yeah. busy doing they, other things. Yeah, but yeah. crows, on the other hand, oh. the third year came in and destroyed <laughs> my my experiment by pecking holes in all the melons. Crows, those darn oh, crows. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we had a call, had a call here a while ago from a brother Joe Gregor the. Joe the Bouncer. And morning, I, Joe the Bouncer. We always need several. He he didn't have to come out this morning to I, I was ready help to out with security. Say, Bring your security patrol down here and let's find that truck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So is he doing okay? Well, he he uh, he sent some pictures of uh, his flowers a couple of weeks ago, and it looks like just an abundance of everything. Kind of like J.C.'s yard, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, wow. Wonderful. Uh, Dale is with us. Dale, thanks for uh, being so patient. How can we help you this morning? I enjoy hearing you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> such as we are. <laughs> you take what you get. That's right. Don't cost I, you nothing. I, I need some suggestions. <laughs> I am right. in the Five Points area in downtown Raleigh, and 20 years ago, we planted what was then called carpet roses on a front slope of our front yard. And starting two years ago, I was starting to see that witch's broom telltale sign of rosette fungus. So I clipped it out for two years, and then I finally gave up this year and just dug up those roses. So I just need some suggestions of what would be a good thing to plant. And I know I can't replant roses there. So what do you think? I like daylilies. Well, I have daylilies in the back, hydrangeas, gardenias, azaleas, and camellias already. So I want something different. What are the the? Do you have a lot of sun there? It's morning sun. Um, probably four and a half to five hours of morning sun. The roses did great there until they didn't. How high do you want the the plants to grow that you put um, in? I, well, I was thinking of maybe layering things so. The oh. highest point, maybe two to four feet, mm-hmm. and maybe something smaller in front of it. I'm a fan of hostas, but that's because I like all the different <laughs> colors of leaves and things. Well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with my second choice. I don't know how you beat a tall flocks. <laughs> that for he, a, a Rufus loves flocks. I love flocks. Yeah. Would you like to just put in maybe a perennial garden with? Yeah, I was thinking of something, uh, a pollinator kind of garden. Right. Maybe. Great idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there enough sun, four or five hours morning sun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those fuchsia would be nice. I mean, they they, they have the smaller bushing fuchsias. Or, it depends on how much water you have. There's yeah, I, was, a, I was thinking of maybe um, a dwarf, one or two dwarf budleys. Budleys? Oh, yeah. Then in front of that, maybe some... Coreopsis, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, Coreopsis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corea- and then and then some creeping flocks below that. So I don't know if that's too much for the area or if that's a good combination or what. It's not. Um, creeping flocks has really been nice this year. Um, it has its years, but it generally is really it's beautiful. Uh, Coreopsis can be a little bit picky sometimes, but um, yeah, I. I I think that um, you just the best thing to do for me because I'm so visual is to just go look at a bed with 
um, like, you know, where perennials not are growing, but uh, like a nursery that has a really nice perennial layout right now, because now's a good time to select those um, because the new perennials are being um, put out in the tables, especially like at our nursery and around. And um, so it's a really good time to go and, and go, you know, look at the tags and, and look at what's blooming and look at the bloom time for everything and, and check it out now. What are but, some of your other favorite perennials, Phil? Um, so, you know, what's popular? Kind of, what's popular at Campbell Road Nursery? Well, Road? you know, I'm always I'm always a kind of person that likes, like you were saying, some leaf color or some um, um, foliage color. Um, I like the lemon ball sedum because it, and you could put that down where you were going to put your flocks, and then you would have color all year with mm-hmm. the lemon ball sedum. You would have that really light green. It's not invasive. Um, the flocks, the only time you're going to have color is early spring, and it's beautiful then, and you could put a patch of flocks out, and that wouldn't be a problem to give you some some full, um, some flower power, but um, you could also put some, some you know, foliage color as well. Um, a juga maybe? Or is that... Well, a juga is more for, for shade. I think I'm well, not sure. Well, you could like sun. I have sun yeah, in some sun. Well, spots. it's just like hellebores at our church. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody It'll says hellebores over. for shade. They're in the hot sun right yeah. out all day long. Wow. So, um, yeah. I haven't had a lot. And they're doing hell. great there. <laughs> must be uh, must be the divine guidance. Yeah, I guess Cause so. Because I, I don't uh, I don't have that luck with. But, I've um, tried a couple in the sun. Yeah, you could you could try some majugas. Got r- really nice leaf color again. There's several different. You can get some that's like tricolor. Um, leaves and then you can get darker and then you can get lighter ajuga um, but I I'm I'm a fan of like I said I'm visual so just go to a nursery that has a really nice perennial layout now and and check out some of the plants do I do I need to do anything to the soil since I, as I understand well we, we just happen to have somebody who's an expert on soil doc <laughs> well uh, what type of soil is it is it more clay or more sandy um, it's amended. I've, I've pretty much mulched it twice a year for the last 20 years. Oh, well then in that case, I would say other than doing a soil test prior to planting anything, so you know what nutrients are there. If you've been augmenting it with mulch, it's probably got a lot of organic matter and, and lots of nutrients stored in there. And really when you think about it, you're feeding the microbes that actually feed the plants and so really we're all microbe farmers and we're just putting plants in and the microbes are doing the job for us so in general if, if everything has been healthy now that rosette's a virus so that's kind of a problem that you couldn't have prevented um, so by putting anything other than roses there you might prevent uh, that from happening so I would just say water make sure that there's plenty of water there and uh, look for some nutrient deficiencies possibly but if you've got mulch there there's all the nutrients that that plant whatever was mulch the tree took up is embedded in that material and as it breaks down it releases that so it's like a a little bit of a nice drip intravenous for the plants that are there after dale does that help it does help i've got work ahead of me i think i think so (laughs) thank you so much thank you please call us again all righty. Thank you. All right, Steve is in Garner. Steve, good morning. Do you uh, do you have any other suggestions for uh, for Dale and perennials besides daylilies? Well, if it's a slope, she could put those uh, 
that or lilies? The rain lily. The spider lily. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, do I hear spider lilies? Do I hear rain lilies? Going once. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the spider lilies bloom in, in September. Uh-huh. Don't they? Right? But they're, but they're good for Pink naked ladies? Yes. That's another name for them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I see those in September in my neighborhood. Steve, thanks for letting Steve talk about it. Last week we had two couples come and get some. Good. One came all the way from Rake Forest. <clears throat> and then on Monday, a really nice lady from Smithfield came and got some more. And she asked Steve what he, she could do for him, and he asked her to make him a pig picking cake. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. What is yeah, a what is a pig picking cake? I, I should know. Pineapple. It's well. It's pineapple. Pineapple. And cool whip. And mandarin oranges. Oh. Now see, I my mama used to make me a pineapple upside down cake, but I never had that. I never had a pig picking cake. In the black cake. frying pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do it a lot at barbecues. Well, interesting. I I, I just don't get around. Rufus, you are familiar with a pig picking cake? I am unfamiliar with that, and I am the expert. And he's the expert on, on barbecue. I'm the expert on barbecue. <laughs> just, go back, just go back and check the newspapers <clears throat> in 1984. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, ruined him. Well, we're sorry. We are going to miss you at the farmer's market today, but maybe next time you come. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're sorry. We may get there uh, more than uh, we intended to this year, so... Because of this. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the whole week was around come down here and see you people. Well, it was it was around my whole week too. I mean I was I was <laughs> going was out there. I was going it was around our <laughs> breakfast, yeah. Well we got donuts. We got fresh donuts. Y'all can come up here and eat donuts with us if you want. Where you at? <laughs> we're we're the radio station. Locked in. Yeah. Steve, is your health good getting better and better? Fantastic, That's buddy. Right. Well, y'all take uh, y'all take care. I was a little concerned there. I thought your voice changed, but uh... <laughs> all right. When's your next? When's your next remote? Uh, we we'll, we will be a little restricted next week. We'll be at the uh, executive mansion. We'll be at the governor's mansion oh, next week. We'll be at Campbell Thank Road. The thirtieth. We'll be at Campbell Road on April thirtieth. Yeah, we'll see you at Cabo Road. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See y'all later. Or you can come to the come to the fence at at the executive mansion and wave. We'll we'll be on the south south side toward downtown on the ports there. Nine one nine eight. Yeah, we're going to the executive mansion, the governor's mansion next week and broadcast. And um, so we'll. That, what a beautiful grounds that is we've been there before and uh, we're glad to be going going back uh we'll talk to mark coming up he's in clayton like uh just about everybody else around here everybody's moving to clayton 919-860-9783 it's 922 You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country. 
The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF 926. You're listening to the Weekend Gardener. And we're not at the farmer's market. We wish we were, but we had some uh, problems. We're going to talk to um, Monica Wood after the news here. And uh, we'll talk to her in the 10 o'clock hour, too. So uh, 919-860-9783. Mark is in Clayton. Mark, good morning. You're on WPTF. Mike, how are you this morning? Uh, we are wonderful. I, I think uh, we, were, we were a little frenzied getting back to the station real quickly. Phil well, be- things work out sometimes. I, I guess if you're going to be at the executive mansion next week, you'll get the opportunity to say hello to, to your old neighbor from Nashville, maybe. I, uh, <laughs> you know, if if he uh, if he's he's supposed to be there, uh, uh, he and the first lady. The first lady is a a really good gardener and and knows a lot about the the grounds there. And uh, we we were taken on a tour back in October, uh, a private tour with the first lady and we didn't didn't expect her to to be there but we were just going to kind of look around we've we've been over there uh before and done the show and we look forward to to getting back but um yeah i i guess uh the governor will will be there he's supposed to be uh, just to drop by and say hello yeah yeah i'm sure he'll be uh, happy to see a friendly face so i have a, a quick question this morning about moss in my yard um, I have a nice stand of grass, but up near the, the natural areas, I've got some moss that's growing, and I'm not really sure what to do about it. Well, moss, really, uh, Doc, is, is a soil problem and a light problem and a compaction problem, right? <laughs> yes, and a moisture problem. Moisture so problem. All- Four of those. Yeah. Uh, you can adjust your pH, likely, because mosses generally tend to like fairly acidic soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to work on the compaction, which around here with our clays can be a little bit difficult. Or the other you, alternative is embrace the moss. Yeah. Do you, do you have uh, sandy or clay soil there in Clayton? Uh, it's usually s- s- sandy down that way, but what do you have? Uh, it, it, it's pretty sandy, but now okay. that I think about it, it is rather compacted. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It is. Uh, it seems like it continues to encroach upon the yard. It will. We have uh, pretty acidic soil, don't we? Yes, all Janelle? the East Coast that's from our natural rainfall. Which in, uh, it just happens that it will mm-hmm. increase acidity. So by liming, that can help um, do that. But you need to get rid. You may need to get rid of some trees. You need uh, more sun. You need uh, to break up that soil, aerate or disc it up. Depends on what, what do you okay. want to do there? So you you want to grow grass or you want to grow something yeah. else? I just want to have the grass there. And, and mm. it, it is a shady area, and I, I would not want to cut down the trees. So yeah. Well, the trees, the trees, if they're oak, maple, something right. like that, large, they're going to compete for the moisture, and you know they, they're going to win over the grass. Well, well, then maybe I embrace the, uh, the mall. That's what I would do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mark, hold on a second. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here. Uh, Ann Clapp is uh, 
is down at the beach, and uh, Brother Rufus is with us. We've also got Phil Campbell, owner of Campbell Road Nursery, and Dr. Janelle Olitz, who is uh, with the Cooperative Extension Service in Durham. And Mark is back with us from uh, Clayton, and we were talking about moss. Uh, you know, there are books written about moss and how to cultivate it. Uh, Mark, you're, you're from uh, – are you originally from Nash County? Yes, born and raised in Nashville. Yeah, so you know about buttermilk. <laughs> sure, I do. Well, you you can uh, you can make. Of course, I don't. I wouldn't advocate uh, pouring buttermilk all over your uh, moss. Well, I, I was gone. Is Mark Furter against it? Oh, I, I think he was warming up to it. We, you're getting, you're you're deciding maybe to uh, let the moss go, and not. I, I think so. I, you I know, it's so. very expensive to. To try to defeat those large trees, and shade is doctor is, is obviously part of the puzzle. Yes, yeah. for sure. The, the The moss loves the condition, and grasses generally need a little bit more light. Well, I, I'm a great lover of moss. More of my yard it takes over, the better I like it. And there is one thing that I've learned. I know Janelle won't like this, but <laughs> little 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 weeds and stuff come up in my moss. So I take a, a very diluted a uh, mixture of Roundup, and it won't kill the moss, but it'll kill those little little weeds and little flowers. You paint it on it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And le- less to mow, of course, Mark. And I don't know, I don't know how, I, I wasn't in here, but I don't know how you defeat it. it, it if I miss something? It's, yeah. it's really hard. I mean... It sometimes, you know, you don't want to swim upstream against a really strong current. So just let the moss grow and you don't have less to mow and it's pretty and it's still green. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, how about one, one other question about yep. that? All right. So I did put out a pre-emergent in my yard. I have a fescue yard and I have some spots where maybe I didn't get great coverage and I've got some weeds. So in treating that with a post-emergent now, would it be better to go with a granular product or a liquid? Hmm. I always use granular. I, well, granular is more convenient. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and a lot of times, you, most times, you'll have to, to mix the liquid with water in, in a uh, container and distributor. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, tell Cooper said hello. I will. I will, Mark. You take care, buddy. Thanks. Bye bye. More of the weekend gardener uh, uh, continuing now. We'll uh, take a break in a minute. Monica Wood is. I was going to take a break, but I see Monica is with us. Monica, back with us, huh? Standing there wondering where the heck we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just moving right along and appreciating you guys including us in the show regardless if you're here or not well uh we uh we, we had some problems this morning so we we'll call them technical and, there you go that's right and everything's technical in this yeah. business yeah Monica, those, <laughs> always technicalities you take you take all those uh hellebore you take all of them and make sure that that somebody gets i don't want to take any rose of sharon's back home with me yeah. Okay. We will make sure that, that they find a home. How about that? Yeah. 
Feed him a biscuit. Send, <laughs> send him home. Tenderloin. <laughs> Hellebores grow bigger with tenderloin? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Anything I goes. Ex- hmm. I guess that could be an experiment, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've had some listeners say they were looking for us out there this morning. <laughs> I've had some folks coming up asking, and um, it's quite okay. They they seem happy anyway, and we're just glad to be here. Well, thanks for explaining. Thanks for explaining. So what's uh, uh, you know, before we before we get back into that, I want to play something. Our our friend Phil Franklin worked here part time. A beautiful voice. Uh, people who listened to WPTF back in the 70s. You know, Phil worked on Saturday mornings for several years. And uh, John Harris retired. Phil decided to give it up, too. So who do they put in Saturday morning slot? (laughs) Me. So, and then, you know, the weekend gardener was born. So how a lot to, to Phil, the way all of that happened. You know, so we, um, Phil could still be sitting here uh, hosting the the Weekend Gardener all these years. I don't know mm-hmm. if he would have wanted to, but I guess he um, – because it has expanded beyond 15 minutes, and that was what John Harris had, uh, the late professor at NC State, for 40 years on Saturday mornings, a little Tar Heel Gardener program. But uh, I wanted to play – this is a very short segment of uh, Phil Franklin – greeting uh john harris this is probably the show was on from like eight fifteen to eight thirty on saturdays uh, this was probably just before the nine o'clock news on that saturday morning uh, sometime in the early 80s john harris the tar heel gardeners and he's just riding away folks he's going to uh, answer all your questions this morning that you've you've put to him but right now we want to check on that outside uh temperature and the sky conditions john what's it looking like outside oh it's just a gorgeous day i have never seen anything any pretty it's just like you ordered it from season robot well i tell you john with this weather i expect our wives have some things for us to do don't you guess I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I'm almost afraid to go home. Well, the game's this afternoon. You're going to be able I to do that? I wish I'd brought my fishing pole. I'd just gone fishing today. I'm telling you, you just wouldn't even have gone back. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, are you going to see the game today? Or are you going over? Are you going to listen I'm to I'm going it? to get all my work done this morning and watch the game this afternoon. Okay, and you'll be with um, us very shortly now with the, with the Tar Heel Garden Show, of course. In about 12, 14 minutes. Okay, John H. Harris, you'll be with us very shortly now on the Tar Heel Garden Show, direct. Uh, the late uh, Phil Franklin and the late uh, Professor Emeritus at uh, NC State University, John Harris, who started uh, the Tar Heel Gardener in 1945, uh, ran until he retired from that. He had already retired from NC State, and uh, he continued the show until 1985. And then Irv Evans, who was an extension agent in Wake County, and I uh, started – the uh, Tar Heel Gardener, I mean the uh, Weekend Gardener. We decided to, to uh, uh, of course, not take that uh, that great name. Just doing 15 minutes on the on WPTF back in the day, he uh, he John became famous. He really did, and he was on um, he was on this show a couple of times over the years. So we were we were glad, uh, but we will we will certainly I uh, miss. Both of them. John died a few years ago, and Phil passed away this week. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Miss Monica, it was uh, it was good to hear both of them, right? 
Yes, definitely. And Mr. Franklin has has a special place in our hearts out here at the State Farmers Market because he did work with us for a few in years. retirement. Yeah, after the post office, he, all those years. he certainly did, and was a wonderful man. And um, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to all of his family and friends yeah. during their time of loss. Yeah, and uh, his late beautiful wife. I, she, they were married for sixty years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Lisa and Philip are are the children. So uh, our prayers go out to all of those folks and and all the all the people that loved uh, loved Phil Franklin. So yes. yeah, wonderful, wonderful, genuine man. So what uh, if if Phil were out there this morning and he he worked up at the uh, the gate, I believe, but he also made the rounds, right? He certainly did. He kept us. What would he be seeing this morning? <laughs> He would be seeing lots of stuff to help you get ready for those Easter dinners tomorrow. Um, I tell you, we've got strawberries here just in time for Easter, fresh from local farms. And we've got farm fresh eggs. You can get ready for those Easter egg hunts and tomatoes. And we've got um, asparagus is another favorite right now. And we've got a few greenhouse cucumbers and lettuce and all sorts of things coming in um, local from our fresh or fresh and local from our farms and but be sure to come out and support these guys and um, all the hard work they put into everything all winter to have it have it here early and and ready for Easter. What what brand of, of variety of tomatoes do you have? Do you have any Cherokee purple yet? I've got to get a closer look. Um, I've kind of been in several directions this morning. I've I'll bet so. You have. <laughs> <laughs> but I know they the have thing. some heirloom, um, some greenhouse tomatoes and i know typically they have cherokee purples and german johnson early on but i don't want to guarantee that till i put my eyes on them down there so um but they they're always delicious all the varieties that those guys have are always delicious but be sure to come on check them out i believe they have some little salad tomatoes coming in now also and those delicious cucumbers that they have um early in the greenhouses so be sure to check those out and i'll tell you something else i saw um are the carrot cakes, if everybody's familiar with the carrot Yum. cake lady. and Those are perfect for Easter, um, and they have the little miniature ones, and then they have the large regular-sized cakes as well. And we have cookies, and we have all kinds of pastries, and just a lot of um, great things you can stuff those Easter baskets with, um, with some great local baked North Carolina products. Monica, are you the person I saw running around and out there this morning pulling her hair? <laughs> It could have been. <laughs> could have been. No, that was a guy driving around in a blue truck. <laughs> that was probably Mr. Donald helping me pick things. How has your, uh, your son been doing at, at uh, Lewisburg College on the baseball team? He's been doing good. They're actually traveling um, today up to Virginia. And um, so they've been, he's been getting to go around and see a lot of different areas and different schools and been playing and practicing a lot of baseball they keep him busy i've not been able to to have him at home very much I bet wow. not. so what what position does he play second base second All base right. wow that's mm-hmm. great i gosh i know you're proud of him Yes, he's he's done well and um been been an adjustment for all of us, of course, with not having him home. But oh well, yeah, we all go through there. that if we're lucky enough to have children <laughs> who um who especially who get baseball scholarships. Now, is Maggie going to be a politician or what's she going to do? 
Well, I don't know. You know, she's kind of doing a little bit of it all right now. She loves the dance. Um, she loves to play softball. She's keeping us busy with that, too. And, well, maybe um, she'll get a softball scholarship. Rufus is, uh, is I think, stressing that she probably shouldn't become a politician. Well, I was just thinking, wouldn't she make a good intern for me? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Years. Send her to law school. Oh, no, forget, I told you, look, we got to keep this going, that I am a recovering politician. Yeah, that's right. I, I really, Dr. Jill, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the, out of 100 steps, I'm on the about the 85th <laughs> in recovery. So I, I want that to be known to all my friends and neighbors out there that yeah. once in a while we talk a little politics, but that... <laughs> The, the gardening is more a part of my life now than politics right. everywhere because it's less headache. Yeah. You can fight weeds. They don't talk back to you. Yeah. You can get your hands in the soil and wash away your troubles. And uh, yeah. let me say I enjoy that very much, and I yeah. don't like the way things are going right. today. That's right. <laughs> well, we don't. Well, I don't know which, which but you mean in politics. I thought you were talking about the fact we weren't at the farmer's market eating a biscuit. That's all I was thinking about. Dead gummit. Oh, I'm still thinking about that, that tenderloin. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, make sure you get one of those, Rufus. It, it won't be long. I'm thinking I should have taken Tony up on uh, breakfast up there at the market about 7 o'clock this morning. <laughs> well, you know, just everyone must use restraint That's in their right. lives. That's right. So we just won't think about it. We'll think about other things. Miss Monica, we'll talk to you next hour if you'll have us. All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much. See you in a few minutes. David is with us in Raleigh. David, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning, guys. How can we help you? Well, uh, this is for, like, my daughter. She uh, bought a place down in Johnson County right outside of Archer Lodge. And there's a uh, – she's got, like, a raised bed and a compost pile left over from the last owner. But uh, I'm just kind of wondering if there might be any kind of residue or any, any stuff kind of re-sprouting out of that, that maybe she just needs to get rid of all that and start fresh. I don't know. Doctor, what are you, what are you sensing there that uh, since she's got compost? and Well, you could turn the compost pile over a couple times, and then you'd I mean, add some additional organic matter to it, and it might uh, heat up enough to... Get rid of all the seeds that are in there. So that's good yeah, organic matter. The thing and, is, it looks like it hadn't been messed with for a couple of years. So there was like a lot of weeds that started growing in stuff. And uh, there was even some leftover uh, Russell sprout that had started sprouting out uh, in, wow. in the bed. Well, that's, uh, well, sounds well, like good soil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it sounds like really great soil. So I would maybe add some other than that compost because you want to turn that and you don't want to add weeds to it. Um, you could scratch it around a little bit, see what sprouts, do what they call a stale seed bed. You get the weeds to sprout, and then you just get those out by just, just cutting them off when they're really small and then plant into it. Often that can work in a raised bed, adding additional uh, organic matter in there to help revitalize the soil. But uh, I wouldn't suggest starting from scratch because what's there and what is already has nutrients in it, uh, it just needs a little refresher rather yeah. than... You know, starting all well, over again. At some point, she's going to have to start from scratch a little bit because the raised bread, the boards born inside, they all kind of rotted off the bottom. Mm-hmm. So oh. she's got a nice little mound dirt where the raised bed was, but it's still raised bed. We could just add some boards around the side of the, outside the old boards. 
<laughs> yeah. That's what I do. Oh. Yeah. Then those boards are there or become organic matter. Well, okay. <laughs> you guys have a good day then. All right. You you t- is that not what you wanted to hear, David, <laughs> or what? Well, that was kind of the way I was thinking. going to have to work with it a couple of years. Yeah. Going good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's that's be optimistic, good. David. Get you, get you a good pitchfork, David. It's all up to you. That's right. Good garden fork. Yep. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, David. Uh, Keep us updated on this. I will. All right. Thank you very much. By the way, Major Dave says that he's not getting the streaming from... uh, Yeah, I heard that, too. Huh. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know why. That's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you... Uh, Well, it's just been one of those days, I guess. uh, I think he was having troubles last week, too. Technical problems. All right. Mm-hmm. And best suit, Major Dave, I bet he's got a putting out a garden this coming week that'll be two or three acres. Yeah. yeah sorry about it, David, uh, Major Dave. You know, is your lawn looking a little ragged from winter critter damage? Have moles dug tunnels in your lawn? Have plants been devoured by voles? Are you ready to give up on gardening because you are just fed up with the damage caused by moles and voles? Well, don't be discouraged. End the damage with I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent. Available in liquid and granular, I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent has a super strong formulation that's effective and easy to use, and I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent works without the use of harmful toxins or chemicals. Did you know that many products kill moles? Voles have undesirable effects on uh, other creatures uh, they can kill them as a matter of fact but not i must garden mole and vole repellent it contains only natural ingredients botanical oils gives you peace of mind that you won't be unintentionally poisoning any animals pets or birds uh, i must garden repellents are sold all over the triangle look for i must garden mole and vole repellent in the big orange bag at your favorite garden center or hardware store such as town and country hardware stores in chapel hill Cary, and raleigh and Triangle Pharmacy and Ace Hardware Stores in Durham. And while you're there, be sure to check out the other I Must Garden natural repellents for deer, rabbits, squirrels, moles, voles, snakes, dogs, cats, and more. Protect your garden today with safe and humane repellents from I Must Garden. Uh, 919-860-9783. We need to take a break, and uh, we'll be back. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. All right, we're back on WPTF briefly to talk a little bit about uh, the folks at Black Cow. Every time you uh, buy a bag of Black Cow, you're helping the environment. The Black Cow process helps repurpose manure. You ever thought about that? So it uh, inv- it's environmentally friendly and beneficial for your garden and lawn. Black cow contains up to 10 times more nutrients and microbes than garden soils, and it helps to retain moisture, too. Your lawn, flower beds, vegetable gardens will be off to a great start with black cow. 
everything grows better with sun, water, and black cow. For more details, check out the website at blackcow.com. They have lots and lots of information on that website. All right, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. We'll talk more with you. And uh, Miss Monica uh, will be back with us uh, since we're not there. We were supposed to be there, folks, but we're not there. You hear me? We're not there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. We're here. Oh, 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 o